0: The Paracast, the gold standard of paranormal radio. And now, here's Gene Steinberg. So imagine if
1: you build up a business for about 35 years, and this big media company says, we'll buy it for $4 billion. What do you say to that?
2: I don't know, Gene. That sounds like your bank would probably like that.
1: Well, of course, that was George Lucas. He sold Star Wars to Disney and just as you thought there had been more than enough Star Wars movies six of them there's going to be a seven and an eighth and a ninth I can't wait no I take that back I can wait does the world need more Star Wars think about that do we really need that evidently Disney thinks so you know we were going to have some fascinating guests on and you can tell me the story but this particular guest situation, I think it was two people, right, where they felt that two hours was too long to do a show and then decide two hours wasn't enough? Would you explain this to me?
2: Well, we called Tom and Lee Butler, uh, who have a uh, trans trans uh, communication website. They're out of Nevada. They've been involved uh, for many years in EVP research and other uh, ghost-type uh, investigative work. And yeah, we, we were asked by one of our listeners, uh, you know, if uh, we'd like to have some help getting some guests, and uh, they were suggested to us, so we uh, contacted them. And at first, they uh, they kind of balked and said, well, we're really busy, and, you know, two hours seems like an awful long time, and then we booked a taping session with them, and then they canceled, saying that two hours wasn't enough time to cover all their materials. So, I don't know. I guess you can't be all things to all people out there.
1: Um, well, this is part of it right here. It's either too long or it's too short. And I know we had someone else interviewed, what, a year or two back where we played recordings of EVP effects. Mm-hmm. And we didn't have enough time over the time it takes to record the show to cover all the recordings. We had to kind of gloss over a few things. So it wasn't sufficient, but we still had a pretty good show.
2: Yeah, that was with Michael Esposito, if I remember right. correctly. Michael
1: Esposito was one of our more fascinating interviews. And i kind of sad that these other guests after all this decided not to come on. Maybe they heard of our reputation. Our reputation preceded us. <laughs> Maybe. Well you've also been trying to get that time traveler on the show. Bisagio. Yeah, and
2: Andrew Bisaggio and, right. and and Richard Doty and Whitley Streber. We've had a number of guests that have expressed uh, you know interest in coming on the show and then uh, we booked them and they, they cancel out.
1: Well Richard Doty is probably the flakiest of the bunch, I think.
2: Yeah. Well, because this-
1: he is so defensive about what he does. And you think, if the guy has the guts to perpetrate all these disinformation schemes or downright hoaxes, like a Project Serpo, or maybe he was responsible for MJ-12, but one of the people responsible for the MJ-12 documents, somebody who has the guts to do that would have the guts to sit for a couple of hours or so on a radio show and let us ask him questions. He's an intelligence agent or an intelligence officer. <laughs> he can't answer questions.
2: Yeah, exactly. Oh boy. Well, maybe it. Uh, maybe the show's reputation does precede us to a certain degree. Well, I, I think we're pretty easygoing guys. We don't really get too, uh, you know, in people's faces unless they create an opening that demands that. And of course, we're going to jump through that opening.
1: Well, at that point, they deserve it. You know, like, for example, we get criticism sometimes when we have a guest who tries to filibuster. And let me explain about filibustering first. Filibustering is like you used to be able to do in Congress, but not anymore. Now in the Senate, you just say, I want to filibuster. And they say, OK, you're going to filibuster. And therefore, it's a filibuster. You don't have to sit there, read telephone books or anything like that and sit up all night. We have guests who don't seem to understand this is a commercial radio show and every nine, 10 minutes or so we have to do a break. So they go on and on, so I stop them. Or they say something that appears to me to be particularly dumb, so I stop them and say, wait a minute, let's talk about that. So of course you then get listeners who say, why did you interrupt the person? Well, it's because they can't just talk and talk for two, three hours without interruption. Maybe they can do that without taking a breath, maybe they have iron lungs, I don't know. But there are times we have to break and we have to ask a question. It's as simple as that. Now, just to go back to the U.S. Senate, I was thinking of a Star Trek episode where they had a computer on both sides of a war playing computer games. And when they kill somebody, the physical representation of that person had to go into a disintegration chamber. They said, well, you've just been killed. I didn't do anything. Yes, but the computer defeated you on the screen. So therefore, you're dead. So, of course, that war ended when people were made to realize you can't do that. You can refuse. You have the right to refuse to be killed, in which case they were faced with the prospect of having a real war with real physical damage, and suddenly they said, let's settle this. So maybe the way to eliminate filibusters in the U.S. Senate is to say that if you want a filibuster that's fine. You get up there and you read the phone book for three or four days and see how you like it. That will stop it real fast. Yeah, I didn't know that they'd change the rules. Right. You just basically say, I filibuster. They don't sit there. It's not like watching those movies from the 1940s where James Stewart is sitting there with the phone book.
2: Yeah. Hmm. Boy, they're sure making it easy on themselves. They make all that money and they now well, they don't even have to get up there and, uh, and filibuster and pee in a bottle or something.
1: Well, I understand they have a special price on catheter tubes in the Congress. But I think the reverse is true. They just take extended vacations. Of course, some people would prefer that they take extended vacations for, like, ever. Yeah, a permanent vacation. That would be right. That would be much more interesting. There you go. But we have some really fascinating shows that are coming up. And I believe you booked one for next week, as a matter of fact.
2: I did, actually. We're going to have to book two, because I'm going to be gone to Palenque. Okay. I hope it's not contagious. Well, we'll see. Um, I really love it down there. It's the highlands of Chiapas, uh, just above the Guatemala border. It's the zenith of the uh, classic Maya. Maya. And um, the city of Palenque is just absolutely gorgeous. The howler monkeys and the the wonderful people down there, the, the wonderful Maya. It's going to be quite fun. Uh, my... Zuni friend Clifford Mahuti was going to go down with us, but we were unable to find a, uh, a suitable dialysis uh, operation for him. He, he does undergo dialysis, and so David uh, Childress uh, has decided to take his place, so that's going to be fun. I've never actually traveled outside the country with David, so it's going to be a lot of fun.
1: Might be some interesting experiences. We'll get you both back on here with an on-scene report from both of you. But today we're going to go to Missouri. Yep. Okay, right. We have Margie Kay.
3: who going been... to
1: Kansas City. Kansas City, here I come. Margie Kay, by the way, is a former professional musician. But she's also been researching UFOs and the paranormal for over 30 years. And currently, she's assistant state director for Missouri MUFON and director of something called Quest Investigation Group. But she's here to talk about a UFO flap. What was the last UFO flap? Well, there's been one in the Kansas City area, as visitors to the PowerCast forums know full well. So she is going to be talking about that, about all sorts of paranormal events such as cattle mutilations. Yeah, right, right
2: next to the airport.
1: Right. Some weird stuff is going on in Kansas City, and almost makes me feel, well, Maybe some other people want to go to Kansas City, but maybe I want to stay away for a while. But now we're going to lose all our listeners in Kansas City because of this. But there have been a number of really unusual cases. She has been in the thick of it. And apparently she's writing a book called The Kansas City UFO Flap." So she has been collecting all this information. And this, my friends, is going to be a pretty hardcore, nuts and bolts, UFO-oriented episode. But with the cattle mutilations and other stuff going on, it's not all about UFOs. There have been other things happening, fascinating things, maybe frightening things, and you're all going to want to know about it. So, once again, our guest is Margie Kay. She is the Assistant State Director for Missouri MUFON, and I don't think we'll get into the office politics at MUFON at this particular point in time. She's got a lot of good work to talk about. With Gene and Chris, you're in the Paracast. The- you know neighbors meetings are essential to the way we work it's an opportunity to share ideas problem solve develop creative solutions but if your team is spread out in different locations coming together can be an impossible task unless you use go meeting with hd faces the powerfully simple way to meet and collaborate online Learn how GoToMeeting helps you meet with your colleagues just as it helps me. You know, of course, we use GoToMeeting here on the show because it's necessary for me to communicate with the people I work with. And no matter where you're going, GoToMeeting allows you to share the same screen to make it easier to be on the same page. And now you can present from your iPad. Try GoToMeeting free for 30 days. For this special offer, visit GoToMeeting.com, click the Try It Free button, and use the promo code PODCAST. Remember, use the promo code PODCAST at go to meeting.com. Remember, neighbors, seeing is believing.
5: If you're considering a water filter, have you heard about AquaPail? AquaPail from freeze-dry-guy.com has huge advantages over many other water filters. American-made AquaPail units are designed and engineered to not just filter contaminated water, but capture or kill all bacteria and viruses to non-detectable levels. AquaPail has the fastest flow rate of any other water filter on the market, filtering a gallon of contaminated water in about five minutes. That's water when you need it, now. Get the world's fastest, safest, and most reliable gravity-fed portable water treatment system for surface, well, and wastewater sources, Aquapale. Available in four sizes starting at only $100. In all orders to the lower 48, ship free. Call 866 404 3663 or go to freezedryguy.com. That's 866 404 3663 or freezedryguy.com. 100%
6: veteran owned. The Freeze Dry Guy. My name is Stephen Hewer. After 22 years of nutritional counseling, I've observed that most brain malfunctions have at their roots some form of toxicity and brain damage. So whether it is poor memory, poor focus, lack of creative thinking, or more serious matters like inability to focus, speak normally, or remember things, the emphasis to getting one's brain working optimally needs to be on detoxification. One World Way supports your body's number one means of detoxification, which is glutathione production.
1: My name is Angie, and my son has suffered from borderline autism and constipation.
7: I got him on One World Way, and in two months, his constipation is gone. He has become friendlier. He can carry on a normal conversation with me, and he has made his first friend. He's doing great, and he looks forward to taking One World Way every day. You could offer him a
2: present or a cake, and he would prefer the One World Way.
6: Go to OneWorldWay.com. That's one Y.com, Or call 888-988-3325. That's 888-988-3325.
0: We'd like to hear from you. If you have a comment or question about the Paracast, send it to news at theparacast.com. That's news at theparacast.com. And don't forget to visit our famous Paracast community forums at forum.theparacast.com.
1: On the Paracast this week, we have Margie Kay, Assistant State Director for Missouri MUFON. She's been involved in UFO and paranormal research for over 30 years, and by the way, that is not her day job. So I just want to clarify that. But welcome aboard, Margie. Thanks for joining us on the PowerCast on very short notice, as a matter of fact.
8: Well, thanks so much. It's my pleasure.
1: Now, I'm going to ask you one simple question to get started, but Chris has a host of questions because he knows all the people in your area that you work with and has lots to talk about. But let's just get started here. Everybody has a story about getting involved in this crazy business. What is yours?
8: Oh, well, like many, many others, I had my own sighting. So, you know, I wanted to investigate and see what that was all about. And and as a result, you know, I opened a can of worms. I had no idea what I was going to be getting into. Yeah, my sighting was actually in 1986 when I was living in Seattle. I'd taken my girls out uh, and my brother out into the country so that we could watch the meteor shower that was happening in August. And as we lay back on the hood of the of my 1968 Mustang, we were watching the sky, and all of a sudden this uh, star-like object came along and uh, uh, went directly above us and in front of us and then stopped. My brother said, you know, I thought that was a satellite, but it looks like it stopped. I said, yeah, that's kind of strange. And then a second one came. Uh, along the same trajectory and stopped at the same location. It kind of looked like they joined together, but, you know, from that distance it was difficult to tell. And then yet another one another one. So anyway, five total of these objects that we thought were satellites stopped at the same location, but when the fifth one got there, it instantly looked like they all joined together and they shot off at a 90-degree angle at a super high rate of speed and, and out of sight. So at that point, I realized I was looking at something that was probably not from this Earth.
1: I'm going to ask that deep question here. That it was something unexplainable, why do you leap to the conclusion it's not of this Earth?
8: Well, you know, it's just your logical mind stepping in. And at that time, I didn't have any knowledge of uh, super uh, high-speed, super-secret military aircraft. Um, And, of course, you know, since then, I've done a lot more study on that and i and i realize now that certainly that may have been something of ours but that's what sparked my interest in getting into the ufo topic
1: all right let's look at the possibility here ever since the late 40s when we had the modern ufo era begin there was a feeling by some that at least a portion of those ufo sightings may have been our own craft maybe stuff we got from the germans were playing with this we acquired all those german scientists we and the russians and we had them do their thing, and maybe they doing their thing produced some of those sightings.
8: Sure, you know that there are a lot of theories, and that's one of them. Uh, the Germans were extremely advanced, and there's a theory that they had their own Roswell incident, um, and they back engineered, so to speak, some of that. And uh, they may have had some things before we did, but the the fact remains that we still have. So many things that are being reported that remain unexplained. And, of course, there are a lot of things that our military has and and other countries that, you know, they're not informing us about. In fact, I just recently spoke with someone who's ex-military and said that anything that we are uh, aware of right now in the public that the military has produced is... 50 years behind the times of what they actually really have
1: the thing i worry about when you hear that kind of theory though is what about the wars we get ourselves involved in so we go to iraq we go to afghanistan we have to deal with problems in libya and rebellion in syria and all that stuff if we have this technology out there why aren't we using it you think of how many of our troops have been killed
8: yeah, that that is a huge question. Um, why, indeed? I don't have the answer to that. Well, if there's if there's um, a
2: pair of twos on the table and you're sitting with a pair, you're sitting with a a, a pair of uh, fours and two uh, two aces in the hole. You're not. You're just gonna just up and up and up the pot. You're not going to show those hole cards unless you have to. So
8: right. Just be, and just and because of, it, it's used, you have the danger of the enemy uh, capturing it and uh, then reverse engineering it.
2: Yeah, I'm sure we're using all sorts of things. Um Michael Esposito who uh we had on the show a couple of years back was a um was a psyops, uh officer in in the First Desert Storm. And he kind of hinted around at some acoustic uh weaponry that we used and some um psychotronic uh weapons platforms and he he, he kind of reminded me remember remember the footage of those those Iraqi soldiers coming out and kissing the feet of our of our soldiers and, and appearing just totally shaken he said it wasn't by accident those guys came out like that I mean we we were unleashing some pretty sophisticated technology that you don't hear about every day mm-hmm. so the same may may hold true I think in the in the realm of of aeronautics as well uh, of course the work of Joseph Farrell Henry Stevens there's a number of very, very interesting uh, research projects that have been going on for quite some time looking into the level of German technology at the end of World War II. Victor Scharbarger and the Vortex implosion uh, devices, uh, circular devices. There were a number of them. And there is a paper trail. You know, how do we know Roswell? It wasn't the, the Germans coming up from Argentina just kind of spooking us with uh, with a flyover and then inadvertently getting <laughs> – crashing from my in a lightning storm i mean there's so many possibilities there's so many uh alternate scenarios that that i think we we shouldn't factor out or we shouldn't factor in but we should at least be aware of those so i'm i'm i agree with you totally margie about the state of uh, the level and state of technology generally something that becomes operational now has been operational for 15 to 20 years so you know if you'd seen a stealth fighter in 79 fly over you in the nevada desert you would have seen a ufo
8: Oh, sure. And and I, I believe that a lot of the triangular craft that we're seeing are actually ours because the evidence is that there are so many of them, and they fly low to the ground, and they're near many of the air bases.
2: Especially uh, out in your neck of the woods.
8: Yeah, well, we've we got white men here. We a lot of sightings here. like that out there. We've got white men 50 miles from Kansas City and a lot of sightings of the b two. Uh, everybody in this neck of the woods knows exactly what the b2 looks like you know it's not surprising that, that 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 still gets uh you know we get some reports of uh ufos and it's actually the b2 but that doesn't rule out the possibility that there are still you know possibly other craft that look similar
2: yeah the ones that take off in the blink of an eye i think uh the jury's still out on the level of our technology with the 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 black triangles but generally they're thought to be lighter than air and and slow moving
8: yeah most of them um... are slow moving here um, and uh... one of the strange things though that's that's fairly new is that uh, some of the reports i'm getting are that they simply disappear but we know i mean it's even been on uh... like history channel where they've shown the technology to make things invisible. Right, and yeah. with invisible suits or um, on the planes themselves, they put cameras on the opposite side. So, you know, that certainly could be one of ours as well.
1: We'll get into cloaking devices and more. A lot more. We have Marchie K joining Gene and Chris. You're in the Paracast. magazine provides true reports of the strange and unknown keep up with the latest on angels and miracles psychic phenomena ghosts ufos life after death and much much more to receive your free issue of fate magazine call now at 1-800-728-2730 or visit their website at www.fatemag.com that's 1-800-728-2730 what are you waiting for your fate awaits
10: If you owe the IRS back taxes, listen carefully. Sweeping changes to IRS policies will help more people than ever eliminate their tax debts once and for all. And now I can help you reduce or eliminate your tax debts and end your tax nightmare. Hi, I'm Dan Pilla. I've helped thousands of people reduce and eliminate tax debts they couldn't pay. And after more than 30 years of experience dealing with the IRS, I can tell you there's no such thing as a hopeless tax case. And with the IRS's new policies, it's easier than ever to put your tax debt behind you once and for all.
11: The worst drought in 50 years continues, and the first six months of 2012 marks the hottest half year on record. 78% of the Midwest corn belt is in drought conditions. Not only corn, but soy, alfalfa, fruits, vegetables, and wheat are all impacted, raising prices. The cost to feed livestock is forcing farmers and ranchers out of business, blowing up your food prices. The only strategy to counter this is to freeze your food cost at today's prices by getting your own supply of foods from eFoods Direct Now. As the price of raw ingredients increases, eFoods will have to raise prices too. Now is the time to get your supply. I recently increased my supply from eFoods Direct because we have all known this was coming. You know about their delicious, long-term, storable foods. The fact is, you can eat at any time to save money today. And because it stores for 25 years, you're locking in today's prices and avoiding the rising food cost. Don't wait. Call 800-409-5633 or go to eFoodsDirect.com forward slash Alex. Call 800-409-5633 or eFoodsDirect.com forward slash Alex. You can bet your life on eFoods Direct
12: that's what it sounds like when a burglar kicks in the door of a dark house that looks like no one is home don't let your home be the next target make it look like someone is home watching television with fake tv fake tv is a small electronic device that makes the same light as a real television so from outside it looks like someone is home watching tv Fake TV plugs in just like a lamp on a timer, but is far more convincing to burglars. Fake TV deters burglars, costs far less than an alarm, and is highly recommended by numerous police departments. Use it anytime you're away from home. To order your Fake TV for only 34.95, go to fakeTV.com or call 1-877-5FAKE TV. Each additional Fake TV is only 29.95. So get one for you and one for a loved one for safety, security, and peace of mind for both of you. Call 877 5FAKE TV or go to faketv.com. Faketv.com, the burglar deterrent.
13: Hi, this is Don Ecker and you are tuned into the Paracast. Let me tell you what, you're going to hear stuff here that you probably won't hear anywhere else. Hear that, George Snorri?
1: Margie Kaye, who is the Assistant State Director from Missouri MUFON, joining us. We're going to be segueing into the Kansas City UFO flap momentarily, but right now we're talking about secret weapons being mistaken for UFOs, about possible cloaking devices and stuff like that, advanced technology. But do you think you folks at MUFON have a pretty good handle over which sightings are possibly caused by secret weapons and which are just unexplained?
8: Oh, No. <laughs> No, I don't think we have a handle on that at all. <laughs> I think uh, you know we're all we're all in a learning phase, and, yeah, and we wish in a fact gathering <laughs> phase. If we knew that, we would have the super top secret clearance somewhere. But you know that's not the case. Those of us uh, foot soldiers on the ground are you know our job is to collect evidence and report that you know and file it, and others actually do. I don't know what they do (laughs) they'll review that and you know maybe investigate it further but uh you know in some cases i don't think they get investigated any further than what we do on the ground
1: now one thing i'm going to ask about this when you talk to people who've had ufo sightings do you probe into whether they've had other paranormal type encounters
8: well, that's not a, uh, a standard thing with most of what MUFON does. However, we do have some fairly new questions on our report form that have to do with that. So, yeah, I, the consensus is that when a person has a UFO sighting and reports it, generally what we find is that there's more to the story. And so uh, in questioning... You know, after the basics from the sighting have been obtained, we'll find out that they have had uh, other UFO sightings, maybe close encounters, maybe some paranormal events happen. And it seems to be pretty common that uh, people who are ET experiencers or UFO experiencers, you know, that's what we call that category, um, do have other strange, unexplained things happen.
1: Well, let's look at the story of Kansas City, what's happening there. Is there a history, a large history, for the benefit of our listeners, of lots of UFO encounters in and around the Kansas City area?
8: Well, h- historically, we had a UFO flap in Missouri in 1973 and 74. And this coincided with many Bigfoot sightings as well across the state. In fact, they call Bigfoot here the Missouri Momo. Now, a lot of people think the two of those uh, phenomena are related. But from that period until 2011, Missouri was actually pretty quiet. We didn't have a whole lot of sightings. If you go back through the archives, there's uh, very little there. We did have, um, in the year 2000, I'm sure you remember the big Illinois um, UFO flap where they saw uh, this, well, I don't want to call it a flat because it was a, a single sighting. Um, a large triangular craft flew over many counties in uh, Illinois and actually traced the uh, path of this. Well, we were just recently got a report from a fireman in Missouri who saw the same thing. So it actually, now we can follow that path into Missouri and then uh, going north. And this is on the uh, west side of St. Louis in that general vicinity. Well, um, other than that, one big thing, there hasn't been much. And then in 2011, we just started getting inundated with a lot of sighting reports. And starting with, in April of 2011, starting with a retired police officer in Raytown, Missouri, which is right next to Kansas City, saw not only a triangular craft over his backyard, hovering but an entity in his backyard and that's when the craziness just it just started i mean it was like this floodgates opened and we started getting reports increasing and increasing every month and levels of high strangeness with close encounters and missing time and paranormal events associated with these things until we get to october of 2011 when we had eighty seven sighting reports in the state, and we were actually uh we had more reports in our state than anywhere else in the world during that month so uh <laughs> the cause of some of that has been determined. Um, we found that there were two flying teams in October on the fourth and on the thirty first that uh, flew over the chief stadium here. They were they were unusual, in fact, that most people had not ever seen anything like this. And what they are is this elite team that flies in close formation with six or seven planes, and they have these very bright flashing strobe lights all over the planes. So from a distance, they actually look like one large UFO. And uh, so they they accounted for several of the reports that we got in. Uh, however, that was only four or five reports out of the 87 for the state. So we still have a lot that are unexplained.
1: Now, looking specifically at the cases in more detail, which ones seem the most sensational in the sense they have more data, more indications of being unknowns?
8: Well, um, we let's go back to May, uh, May 7th, 2011. I went to do an investigation in St. Louis and interview a man there who claims to have been in contact with E. T. since he was age twelve and he's sixty three now.
1: Now contact in the sense of meeting physical
4: beings?
8: Meeting physical beings at specified locations once or t- twice um a month is when this this man claimed to have done this. Now there, there, A series of events occurred which made me believe that this might have been the real thing. And so I went out and interviewed this man. When we got to the location where we were going to do the interview, my camera battery completely drained. I picked up another battery, installed it, and I, I have a really good Sony professional camera, video camera. And then that one completely drained so I was not able to use my camera, but Debbie Ziegelmeyer was with me. She's our state director, and so she videotaped the interview. I interviewed this man for two and a half hours, and right at about 30 minutes before the end of the interview, uh, suddenly the energy about the area changed. And I'm only telling you this story because I think it's related to the Kansas City events.
1: The energy about the area changed? How did you sense that?
8: Well, it was just something that um, it's difficult to explain, but I noticed that there was something different going on, and my attention was drawn to the sky above us, and slightly to my right. So I just very quietly uh, said to Debbie, film up there, and I pointed, and then I continued my interview with this gentleman. And so she she aimed her camera in that direction and she took some video and stills. Even though we couldn't see anything with the naked eye, so I finished the interview, and I had a sense that there actually was some type of of energy or entity with us during this interview, um, although we couldn't physically see anything. And now it's really- we should
1: mention here too that you've also been involved in ghost investigations. Yes. Okay.
8: Yes, and uh and and again that started when I was much younger and and I actually had my first ghost sighting. So, yeah, I'm a paranormal investigator as well. Uh although I felt like this was ET related at the time. Although I have no proof of that.
1: Okay, so I just want to complete the clarification here. If it's unknown to you, it's not a ghost, it's ET.
8: No. Okay. It's just a sense that I had at the time, and I can't really explain why it felt like it was E.T.
1: Okay, just a feeling. Okay. Yeah. Okay, so we understand that. We're going to get into much more of this as we progress, this particular case, basically because of what she felt and what she saw. We have Margie Kaye. She's Assistant State Director for Missouri On. Our main focus is on a UFO flap in and around Kansas City, Missouri. With Gene and Chris, you're in the Paracast.
9: America's number one source for independent talk radio for over a decade. We are the GCN Radio Network. We also have
1: swag. You know, we have all these exclusive Paracast things that you can buy. t-shirts fabrics and they have our official logo on them that's what makes them special and multiple sizes and colors we even have stuff for children stuff for women stuff for men we have all sorts of sizes like small up to x large a lot of good stuff that's the swag from the PowerCast. you go to store.thepowercast.com stop by and take a shopping tour
13: earthquakes hurricanes floods all sorts of natural disasters happen some of you are ready Some are not. MySurvivalGoods.com gets you ready. Think basics. Do you have a home first aid kit? A car emergency kit? A basic urban survival kit? MySurvivalGoods.com has kits. Then the big stuff. Ready for system interruptions caused by natural or man-made disasters? Terrorism? Government collapse? Social chaos? Are you ready to bug out? Could you survive off the grid for a minimum of three days like FEMA says? Well, don't count on FEMA. Count on high quality kits from MySurvivalGoods.com. Check out our large selection of emergency kits for cars, homes, schools, and office, and bug out bags, first aid and flu kits, emergency water and food. Even build your very own custom emergency kit. 100% satisfaction guaranteed. Go to MySurvivalGoods.com now. That's MySurvivalGoods.com. Don't delay. Prepare today.
14: Are you storing food? Prepared families are storing food for months and years, but only have enough fuel stored for days or weeks. Stretch your fuel storage by harnessing the power of the sun with a sun oven. Food can be baked, boiled, or steamed at temperatures of 360 to 400 degrees with the power of the sun. You can use the sun for 50 to 80 percent of your cooking, allowing you to preserve your fuel storage for rainy days. Sun-baked foods stay moister and have less shrinkage and do not burn. Sun-baked roasts are tastier and more succulent. And sun-baked bread has unparalleled taste and texture. Water can be heated in a sun oven for purification or personal hygiene. For the past 26 years, sun ovens have been proudly made in the U.S. They're durable, have a long life, and come with a 100% satisfaction guarantee. Don't be fooled by cheap imitations. For a discount coupon, visit sunoven.com forward
11: slash radio. That's sunoven.com forward slash radio. Alex Jones here with a message that could revolutionize health in this country. Going back about a year and a half ago, I began to learn about the incredible health effects of Longevity products. Aaron Dykes lost 92 pounds. We're going to show you some before and afters. Aaron, break down what happened, your story.
13: I've worked really hard with diet and exercise to try to lose weight, but I just didn't get the results. It just didn't happen. Then I saw what you were doing with InfoWarsTeam.com. I wasn't even trying to lose weight, but I got it because I wanted to feel better energy. I wanted that nutrition. Didn't even understand how that could kickstart my own weight loss goals. But the products did that for me. I found myself suddenly losing weight, more energetic, wanting to exercise, wanting
11: to eat the right foods. And they don't even advertise it as weight loss. I want to challenge our radio listeners to go to InfoWarsTeam.com. Sign up as a distributor and get wholesale pricing discounts at InfoWarsTeam.com.
8: This is Leslie Kane, and I'm with the Coalition for Freedom of Information, and you are listening to the Paracast.
1: With Gene Steinberg and Chris O'Brien, we join Margie Kay, who's telling us about some unusual encounters in Missouri. And you were telling us, in this particular case, you had the feeling an ET was there, but you didn't see it.
8: That's correct. Okay. And did anything uh, show
2: up on uh, on Debbie's camera? Or, or yes, did... it
8: did. Okay. Yes. There were some anomalous things showed up in that photo, in, in the photos that she took. Uh, in a couple of them especially, you can tell that there's something uh, in the clouds, in, right in the area where I pointed. So I had a sense that something was there, didn't see it, asked her to, to photograph it, and then it showed up on the photo. Now, I don't really understand how this works, but it's, you know, it's some form of sensitivity that I have to these things. And that's all I can say. I I really don't understand how it works. So, anyway, how this leads to Kansas City. I left St. Louis, drove to Kansas City. I am on I-70 right outside of Odessa, which is not far from Kansas City. And once again, I suddenly get the feeling that there's something in the sky. So I took my cell phone camera, stuck it outside the window of the car while I'm driving 70 miles an hour, Uh, I think I slowed down a little bit and uh, snapped a picture and then I just quickly looked at it and there was something there. So I pulled over at the Odessa exit, looked outside my vehicle and I could see nothing, but I still sensed there was something there. So I took another picture and there is this picture of a UFO. I mean, this brilliant UFO is on there. So I had a sense that this was related to my interview in St. Louis that this UFO actually followed me back to Kansas City now of course this is only a speculation I have no proof that this is actually what happened but the next over the next week some very strange things would happen the next day people in Blue Springs, Missouri which is not far from where this incident occurred I mean we're talking about a few miles from this People started reporting hearing Apache helicopters leaving the Lee Summit Regional Airport, which is a small airport, and those helicopters have never been seen there before by anybody that I've talked to. And they would see and hear these helicopters. One would go up, the other one would come back, and then another one would go up. For 24 hours a day, they were going in what appeared to be search patterns in that area and uh on the 7th day they were gone on or on the like the 6th day that night the next morning we got a report from an insurance agent and three other people who had stopped on i435 in Kansas City and they reported seeing 125 orange balls of light shooting up from a tree line right along the highway and then going up into the sky into the clouds at the exact same location,
1: 125. Said, does that mean you actually counted this? They counted it, he, or you had one estimates? Of the men,
8: one of the men counted it. Oh, okay. He counted them. He said, "What would happen is one would come out, it would split into three, and then go up, and another one would come out, split into three, they'd go along this tree line at about sixty, seventy miles an hour, and then go up in the sky, and they all went to the same location above the clouds. They couldn't see, you know, what was there." above the clouds, but, you know, here are these balls of light. One of the gentlemen that stopped on the highway called a friend of his who was further south at the 63rd Street area, and he took 13 pictures of these orbs that I have. So here we have some documentation. We've got, you know, a reputable witness. I've got another witness who will not uh, let me say his name. Uh, but he was with the, the other man at the same time. And then the, the, the very next morning at 4 a.m. in the morning, going back over to the Blue Springs area in, in Lee Summit, which is right next to Blue Springs, so five people were leaving work, and they were driving 4 o'clock in the morning, driving home. They see a mile-wide silver metallic disc going very, very slowly directly east with three lights on the bottom of it. Two round lights and one long light, which is kind of odd.
1: Mile wide. Now, how they determine that size?
8: Just a guess. It's okay. a guess. Um, they showed me the area. They drew pictures. I had each person draw pictures in a different room. They all came up with the same thing. They were all credible witnesses. Um, one of the radio uh, TV stations got involved in this and interviewed all of these witnesses this is all on YouTube and on the station I think it's KCTV5 that did it Uh, so you know we've got a lot of documentation a lot of different witnesses and then I had other witnesses in different locations that claim to have also seen this large disc so um, these are from a different area seeing the same thing
2: Going back to that uh, original uh, interesting six-day time period where it appears that the military, um, kind of out of character, I guess, for that particular uh, airfield, uh, was conducting round-the-clock flights. Uh, Obviously, you're equating that with the appearance of the 150 orbs, the 50 orbs that split into three, I guess. Now, how do we know that that wasn't some sort of... uh, Military project uh, or something uh, terrestrial as opposed to something uh, high, strange, or extraterrestrial.
8: Well, it may have been. It may have just been a strange coincidence. Um, but it's just one of those things that's extremely odd because we're talking about a small regional airport and these were fully armed Apache helicopters doing apparent search patterns day and night, you know, right over people's houses. That's extremely odd um and you know you just don't hear that i'm in all the years i've been doing investigations it's extremely rare to hear something like that and it's really and hard, hard not to
2: see, no, it's really hard not to to make the leap that somehow the events were were connected i find it interesting as soon as all the the choppers leave the following day you have such a dramatic sighting
8: yes and then if you look at a google earth map of the area there is a lake right there And one could surmise that, let's say there was a UFO, let's say they wanted to hide, the lake would probably be a a good choice for doing that. Uh, Evidently, those choppers were looking for something. What it was, I'm not sure. But then the day after they leave, well, actually that night that they left, uh, here comes this, this UFO appears. It, was anybody able odd. to
2: identify where the where the choppers were uh, were coming from? In other words, where no. they were based?
8: We called Whiteman. I mean, that would have been the first choice, and they said no. We called uh, Fort Riley in Kansas, and they said no. We called a Strategic Air Command in Omaha, and they said no. So, and whatever you know, if it was some top secret mission, they wouldn't tell us anyway. I have no idea. It's just very odd.
1: How high in the sky was it?
8: Uh, well, mile wide, and they said uh, just above tree level. Okay, so it was fine, re- very low,
1: very close overhead. So you could hardly see the end of it, could you?
8: Yeah, and very, very slowly as well. That you know, the uh, the group of people I spoke with said they were just amazed that they were standing there watching this thing, and and if it and if it was aware that they were watching it, it didn't seem to care about that.
1: Okay, now how long was it in the sky? What kind of maneuvers did you see? Can you give us some more details?
8: It just went in a straight-line path. It was flying very slow. It was 4 a.m. in the morning. They watched it for about 10 minutes as it just slowly went out of sight. It didn't disappear or shoot off. It just went in a straight direction.
1: And about how fast?
8: Well, I I don't know. You know, when it, it very slow, is. You know, they said it was dead slow. So I don't know of any standard craft that could do that sort of thing other than a helicopter.
1: Well, also a mile wide, a mile wide craft. This is almost like Independence Day, the movie, where you had these huge ships. Well, except in that case, I think they were 15 miles wide in that movie. But a mile is an amazing distance. You have to think, how many craft do we have that's multi-thousands of feet long? You know, like an aircraft carrier is how big?
8: Uh, what, a quarter mile, I think. Three sure. football fields long, at least. Okay. okay. Um, and this, you know, also is headed east, which is the direction I'd come from, from St. Louis. So here we've got another factor involved. Maybe it was going back where it, where it came from.
12: Well,
1: hmm. the size would seem to mitigate the possibility it was anything conventional. Unless we have a flying aircraft carrier that's being tested by our military. This is really getting more and more fascinating by the moment. Margie Kay, Assistant State Director of Missouri MUFONs here. We're going to be talking about lots of different events, but right now focusing on a number of very compelling sightings in the Kansas City area and thereabouts. With Gene and Chris, you're in The (laughs) Paracast.
0: Welcome back to the Paracast, the gold standard of paranormal radio. And now, here's Jane Steinberg.
1: You know, when Margie first agreed to come on the show, I think she was concerned about doing this amount of time with interviews. But you can see, of course, there's so many details that we're trying to understand with this case. Do you think this is the largest unknown or craft that you've ever seen or heard about
8: it is certainly uh, no no bigger than others uh, I've got other reports of mile wide craft since then so uh, you know that's probably the biggest
1: okay so this was in the vicinity of this location or elsewhere
8: the other two sightings um, that I can think of up top of my head are south kansas city missouri some miles from that location on a complete different date and i believe it was august a gentleman and his wife and his neighbors said a silver metallic disc shape that looked you know very very wide they were guessing a mile appeared um above them uh, he said not more than 300 feet above him it was a guess but um his job uh, had something to do with avionics, so I, I think that it, uh, he, you know, may have been pretty accurate. Um, and so we had at least three adult witnesses that saw that as it traveled north uh, in an, a straight-line path, and then another witness reported a large object right over downtown Kansas City four hours later, and that object blanked out the sky, she said, it was just above the uh, tall buildings downtown, and she was actually walking down the street, going to lunch with some friends. She saw the object, and she stopped and looked at it, and the other two could not see it. So, uh, that was...
1: wait a minute. (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) Okay, so
2: they... I've had had reports like that, where where a number of people could see it, and and others couldn't. Uh, It's not that unusual.
8: No, it's, it's, uh, it's actually pretty common for people to be watching something that is so strange that their mind, um, I, anyway, anyway I, I believe this is what happens, that their mind just blanks that out and they, it doesn't exist for them. They can't see it. I mean, look at what happened when uh, Columbus landed. Most of the uh, natives that were there at the time could not see their ships.
2: Well, In yeah, a, that was Cortez, actually, down off Veracruz. It was Cortez, but yeah. Okay,
8: so it took them some time to be able to see the ships.
2: Yeah, a couple of days, actually. And they were right there. Yeah. Uh, the sailors, they they were, they were couldn't believe it. They were looking at these natives just walking along, and, and nobody uh, seemed to recognize that there was, there was these three giant, you know, for the time, uh, very large ships out there.
8: Mm-hmm. And they could see the water rippling. They could see the effects. They knew something was there, but it took them quite some time to... Uh, be able to actually see those ships so I think the same sort of thing happens with UFO sightings I mean I've actually been involved where I've been with friends and two of us saw something and the other two are looking at the same thing and and say they didn't see a thing
1: well one of the aspects I guess here in UFO research is to see how the mind interacts and alters the perception of what you're really seeing so if we have a situation where someone doesn't see it at all in that case, the mind and the eyes playing tricks on them. But what about the people who do see something? In what way is their mind or subconscious playing tricks in that way? So we're seeing the negative. Not seeing is the positive reflective of the same thing. That we're seeing something because something, someone or ourselves were playing tricks on ourselves.
8: Mm-hmm. Yeah, we have to be very careful um, because this gets gets... More and more complicated, like I said, as you know, as you start researching this, there's no end, there's always more questions than answers.
1: Well, it's always part of the craziness of UFOs that even if it is ET, it's not that simple.
15: Oh, no, exactly
1: more... right. Now, amongst the sightings you had in Kansas City, any of the old fashioned UFO sightings, rapidly moving, rapid turns, that kind of thing, cat and mouse games with aircraft, anything like that?
8: Oh, sure. Yes, absolutely. Um, I can think of several cases in October, especially where we had that the we had many witnesses that reported craft on the same days. And let's just go to October 31st as an extremely strange day. Okay, this is last
1: year we're talking about. Last right?
8: year, right? Last year, multiple witnesses seeing strange objects in the sky. And many close encounters. So this is, this is another very unusual day. I had several reports where people saw something that was 100 to 200 feet from them that was a very large craft with lights. In one case, um, it was Halloween night, and this family had, had seen a UFO, and it was close enough for them to know that it was a craft. And it actually seemed to follow them as they drove along the highway. But then when they turned, they lost sight of it. And when they got to the uh, neighborhood where they were taking the kids trick or treating, all of these people in the neighborhood said, Did you see this? Did you see this? And she said there were about 30 people there all talking about seeing that UFO. When suddenly the thing rises up from behind some buildings and comes right over the street where all of these people are standing. And this woman, who originally was in the car and had the the UFO follow beside her, noticed that everybody seemed to be totally mesmerized, and they were suddenly very quiet, didn't say a word, nobody ran screaming away with this thing right over their heads, and she said it was like it kind of hypnotized everybody. And she seemed to be the only one who was, you know, fully conscious. And so she called me and she told me this entire story and then she says, I'm going to get these other people to, you know, to uh, be witnesses on the case. So I said, that'd be great. Well, the next thing I know, none of them will talk to me about anything. Uh, only she's the only one who would talk to me. And some of them then claim to not, to not to have seen anything. But she watched them as they're standing there, mesmerized by this thing.
2: I hate when that happens. Oh, man.
8: Yeah. And then she said the thing just started rising up for maybe 100 feet and then shot off super fast and was completely gone. In another case, a woman was coming out of a grocery store in Raytown. And by the way, these did seem to be concentrated in the Raytown, Lee Summit, Kansas City area. And she came out of the the, uh, grocery store, And she just felt a presence. And so she turned around as she got to her car in the parking lot, and here is a very large UFO hovering right over the top of this grocery store. And she described the lights on it. It was a disc-shaped. It was silver. And she stood there for quite some time, and it just stayed very still, She finally got a little bit afraid and got in her car, and she sat there and watched for another 10 minutes. And then it, the same thing, pulled back a little bit, went up a couple hundred feet, and then shot off at a high rate of speed and was gone. Well, then we come to the most bizarre case I think I've ever done. And this is not far away from Raytown on 63rd Street. Two gentlemen were... Uh, one gentleman was in the driveway or parking lot of his apartment complex. The other one was inside, and he had come out onto the third floor balcony to say hello to his friend, who was uh, planning on coming up to visit him. When they both noticed that there was an object coming from around the building at a little bit of a distance, but they could tell that it was a craft of some type, and it moved around in a circular pattern and then headed right towards them then it approached and it got very very low so it's at the same level as the third floor apartment that's low to the ground
1: so we're talking about what 30 40 feet
8: 40 50 feet
1: okay okay
8: and so the man on the ground walked towards it and he said he felt like this uncontrollable urge this pull towards this object even though he was scared he couldn't stop himself from walking towards it
1: and i'll tell you what we have to walk towards this and after we do we'll hear more about what happened next with gene and chris you're in the (laughs) Paracast. Hey, neighbors, you've seen all those crazy, wacky products on TV. The perfect tortilla, easy covers, hot booties, furniture fix, petty spin, and more. Where do you find all that stuff? You go to asseenontv.com because this is the one-stop source for all of these TV goods advertised. Find all your favorites as seen on TV. Check them out asseenontv.com. And by the way, save 10%. Here's what you do. Use the code SEEN1, S-E-E-N number one, scene one Go to asseenontv.com to order, save 10%. Purchase this summer's hottest as-seen-on-TV items, save 10%. Or call 1-866-277-3366, 1-866-277-3366, the code SCENE1 to save 10%.
16: Hi, this is Peter Kronstraubel from Midas Resources. As you know, federal government spending is at an all time high, and inflation will be a direct result of the spending policy. European government and central bank spending policies have put the European Union on the brink of collapse. What are you doing right now to protect yourself financially? Are your assets working for you or against you? One thing is certain having physical possession of gold and silver will guarantee that no matter what happens to our economy or the dollar, your investment will never be worthless. And it will protect you from that hidden tax, inflation. If you've been thinking about investing in physical possession in precious metals or having an IRA in precious metals, I can help. Call me today, Peter Kronchnobel, at 800-686-2237, extension 108. And I'll take the time to personally put together a portfolio designed to protect what you've worked so hard for. Call 800-686-2237, extension 108. You've worked hard your whole life, and I want to work hard for you. Call Peter at 800-686-2237, extension 108
7: iodine protection packs from hempusa.org are now in stock for immediate delivery worldwide our iodine protection packs include micro plant powder green life kelp red palm oil and our clear roll-on iodine that will feed the body the iodine it needs all iodine protection packs are in stock save you money and ship for free in all 50 states. Visit HempUSA.org or call 908-691-2608 today. HempUSA.org has a revolutionary wonder food for detoxing the body and rebuilding the immune system. Microplant powder can help unclog arteries and soften heart valves while removing heavy metals, virus, fungus, bacteria and parasites. Plus, it cleans and purifies the blood, lungs, stomach and colon. Keep your body clean. Clean with micro plant powder. Visit us at hempusa.org or call 908-691-2608 today.
0: we'd like to hear from you if you have a comment or question about the paracast send it to news at theparacast.com that's news at theparacast.com and don't forget to visit our famous paracast community forums at forum.theparacast.com
1: margie k joining us on the paracast with gene and chris a sighting involving a ufo some three stories aloft maybe 40, 50 feet, and this witness frightened but is compelled to walk towards it. Tell us more. Shades of Travis Walden.
8: Oh, yes. And he so he did walk towards it, and he actually got up on top of this green electrical box outside the apartment building to get even closer to it, and he's filming this the whole time with his cell phone. Then he hears this... Really low wah 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 sound, uh, but more you know metallic sounding and and electronic sounding, and and then this this like banging. He and he and his friend also heard this bang bang bang. In the meantime, the friend's wife came out, brought him his camera, so he's taking pictures. And there were some children in the area who had been playing and screaming and pointing and looking at the sky. But by that time, they had all run inside their houses. So we have the three of these people that are outside watching this, and then the thing turns up on its end, and then it's only like eight feet above the ground at that point. And it's it so the bottom of the craft is facing towards these men, and the bottom is all lit up, super bright lights, and a green mist of some type comes out of this, and goes on to the man that's on, standing on this green box. And what he remembers is uh, just watching the craft during that time, but his friend said he was screaming at him to get away from it, to get away from it, and to wake up, because it appears like, like he was in a trance. So he was put into some type of a trance state where he doesn't remember 20 minutes. Well... Then I go to look at the photographs and the video. And here's where it gets very strange. There's a timestamp on all of the new digital cameras, right? The timestamp on the pictures says a date and then it skips, a date and a time, and then it skips to 20 minutes later in between the next picture. Yet both men were continually taking still photos and video during that time. So there's 20 minutes of missing photographs on each of these cameras. The next strange thing that happened is uh, I was watching some of the stills that were taken by the gentleman in the apartment. Actually, on his television screen, he hooked it up. He says, you've got to see these. So I'm looking at these and I just kind of instinctively said, you know what, I need to take some pictures off of your screen. And so with my own camera, I took some screenshots. Well, it's a good thing I did, because between the time that he handed that disc to me so that I could take it back to my office and get the pictures off of it, when I got back to my office and put it in my computer, there were no pictures on there. Man, I hate when that happens. Yeah. Uh-uh. Isn't it weird how this stuff happens? I mean, in, in a 20-minute time span, how did anyone manage to erase those pictures? It's just bizarre. It's one of the most, and it's ongoing. Uh, the next morning, one of the men found himself at the Kahl River and doesn't know how he got there. He woke up in his car. the The object, oh, let me tell you how it went away. It then rose up in the sky. Turned uh, back to the normal position, so it was bottom down, and then went north on I 35 and then shot very, very quickly out of sight in an instant. And then I've got other reports as we go north on 435 uh, in the Liberty area, in Platt County and Clay County, of uh, a UFO in that area. So, you know, it was. We've got some more witnesses to that. Very bizarre.
2: So what does the photographic evidence uh, show?
8: Oh, there's a craft. You can see a craft. And you can see when it's turned up on its its end, this guy is taking pictures looking down at it. I mean, it is so close to them. It's incredible. These, these pictures are just absolutely amazing.
2: Wow. We'd love to, at some point to be able to take a look at that. I'm sure our listeners would be really fascinated to take a look at those.
8: Yeah, we're working on how that's going to happen. But, uh, yeah, I will let you know.
1: Well, certainly we'd be happy as they open a thread for this in our forums to discuss the show. We'll add any material that you want to include, links direct to your site or elsewhere, because this is fascinating. But isn't it strange here how often we have attempts to make pictures of UFOs and things just never seem to work out the way they should? The ultimate cat and mouse game is to keep from being photographed. <laughs> yeah.
8: Yeah, it's, you know, that part is certainly unexplainable. It just makes you wonder about who has that kind of technology, who has the ability, and why did they want to do it?
1: Well, remember, of course, you're using standard recording techniques on a memory card. So I guess you could send out some kind of radio wave or something that erases what's on a memory card.
8: Yeah, or maybe electromagnetic.
1: Yes. Now, amongst the sightings that we're talking about here, do we have any of the traditional... Electromagnetic effects, like cars stopping that kind of thing,
8: yes, radios uh, showing interference, cell phones not working in some of the other cases I've worked on. One of the women had lights the Christmas lights are in her living room set up, and she watched a an orange a very large orange ball of light over the apartment building next to her. So she's looking down at it. And the next morning, she saw that every single one of her Christmas lights was blown out. And that's, I don't know why she had them up, but she left them up all year round. And so I said, well, you know, is there anything wrong with the cords? Um, Have you had any trouble with that before? She said, no, I had no idea why something like that would happen. And there was no storm over the evening. But then she also had this really bad static over her phone line and uh, had to actually replace her phone. So had some strange things. I, a number of people had uh, cell phone interference. A number of people had batteries drain on their cameras while they yeah, were trying Yeah, that, that's take pretty photos.
2: common. I've had that then, happen so many times, though.
8: Yeah. Yeah, the, one couple was actually driving on 435 Highway at that uh, 1030 at night, and this triangle, uh, uh, diamond-shaped UFO. A diamond shape is pretty unusual. Uh, and it, was, it followed alongside of their vehicle for some time along the tree line and then went over I-70. And as it did, uh, and they are professional photographers, they tried to get pictures and their, their batteries died. So they couldn't get any pictures, but they did a drawing for me. And that went over towards Kansas and then shot off very quickly, which is, you know, you hear that a lot.
1: We have Margie Kay, Assistant State Director from Missouri MUFON, talking about an absolutely incredible set of UFO sightings in and around Kansas City. I mean incredible. All the famous UFO effects, close encounters, we want to get into more, but certainly close-up UFOs, big UFOs electromagnetic effects, cat and mouse games, so much more. With Gene and Chris, you're in The Paracast.
9: The GCN Radio Network, providing the world with hard-hitting talk radio. GCN. Great talk radio starts here.
17: In more ways than one, it's going to be a November to remember. Going on now, and just in time for the holidays, Emergency Essentials offers a huge Mountain House sale only at BePrepared.com. All Mountain House cans are 20 to 32% off. For example, a can of Mountain House Chili Mac, regularly $25.49, is now only $17.24. Scrambled eggs with bacon, usually $31.89, now only $21.56. And save 26% on a three-day emergency kit. Or save $123 on a one-month supply of freeze-dried and Dehydrated foods. Gift shoppers. Check out the Katadyn Vario water filter at 26% off. Or get special pricing on the Gerber suspension multi-tool and the Volcano stove collapsible cooking combo. For details, call 800-999-1863 to experience exceptional customer service and emergency essentials low price guarantee. But hurry. The November to remember sale ends November 30th. That's 800-999-1863. The choice is clear. Be unprepared or beprepared.com. Be
14: Are you storing food? Prepared families are storing food for months and years, but only have enough fuel stored for days or weeks. Stretch your fuel storage by harnessing the power of the sun with a sun oven. Food can be baked, boiled, or steamed at temperatures of 360 to 400 degrees with the power of the sun. You can use the sun for 50 to 80 percent of your cooking, allowing you to preserve your fuel storage for rainy days. Sun-baked foods stay moister and have less shrinkage and do not burn. Sun-baked roasts are tastier and more succulent, and sun-baked bread has unparalleled taste and texture. Water can be heated in a sun oven for purification or personal hygiene. For the past 26 years, sun ovens have been proudly made in the U.S. They're durable, have a long life, and come with a 100% satisfaction guarantee. Don't be fooled by cheap imitations. For a discount coupon, visit sunoven.com forward slash radio. That's sunoven.com forward slash radio.
5: I'm the author of UFO Mysteries, and you're listening
1: to the Paracast. On the Paracast with Gene and Chris, we're talking about the 2011 to 2012 Kansas City-related UFO flap. How recent are these sightings? Are they still happening to this very day, Margie?
8: Well, as of the last four weeks, we have slowed down to a crawl again. So uh, we had uh, we had kind of a lull after October. Um, we did have quite a few November, December, January, but then it, it uh, went down to almost nothing. But then again, in April it started again. Only this time it was different. This time the sightings are of completely different objects. And so many of them that I have to believe it's the same object or there are multiple objects that are the same type of vehicle. What it is, is this. (laughs) The first time I heard of this actually was from a TV reporter. He called me and said, have you heard about these sightings in Blue Springs? So um, I said, no, what are you talking about? He says, well, he says, I was out there last night and I saw something I can't explain. And I'm going back out there tonight. So I said, okay, I'm on it. I'm I'm going out there. So I contacted the witness who made the first report and who reported it to the TV station. And I went out to this area that is just right by Independence. It's very north, Blue Springs. The whole neighborhood was out. There were probably at, at least 20 people out in the streets. And they all had their telescopes and binoculars. And they'd been telling me that the night before... Uh, they had the the television reporter there, but that this had actually started a couple of weeks prior they hadn 't told anybody yet. I said, "Okay, well, what are you seeing?" And they said, "Well, right at dusk, you see this super bright object appear in the sky, and it looks like a star at first, but as you watch it, it gets brighter and brighter and brighter throughout the night, and it flashes these multiple colors different colors it could be green, blue red uh, and white." I said, okay, well, that wasn't the end of it. The news reporter told me that he and his camera woman were watching this object when all of a sudden, after about an hour and a half of watching it, it took off across the sky at a high rate of speed, went across the horizon, and went back to its original location and stopped. And he says, that is not a star. I said, no, you're right, that is not a star.
2: What direction? Now give us give us a sense of direction here. What uh, was it rising in the east uh, or w- which direction were they looking in when they originally saw this thing? They were
8: looking northwest.
2: Okay, so that would preclude any sort of uh, star rising. I
8: Obviously, got my I got my Google Sky Map out and I looked at it and I said, right. Oh, well, maybe that's Arcturus, maybe. And then another one appeared, and that was uh, in the. Uh, southwest, and so I thought, well, maybe that's Venus. So Get my Google Sky Map out. Venus is below the horizon, and it doesn't look like the right exact spot for Arcturus. So I called my state director Debbie Ziegelmeyer in St. Louis. By that time, it's ten thirty p.m., and the camera crew is still there, and I have I have told them that they really look you know, I was 99% certain that they were stars or planets at the point that I was watching them. Uh, because that evening I'd been out there for about an hour and a half and and they didn't do anything spectacular. Well, uh, Debbie looked in the sky in the direction I told her and uh, the degrees off the horizon I told her. She says, no, it's just normal. It's not doing anything. I said, well, it looks to me like it's starting to flash this red and green and red and green. So, I got my high-powered binoculars out, which are much easier to see uh, objects with close objects with than a, than a telescope. And it's hard, difficult to find with a telescope. So I see this white flash coming from the left and going across the object, and then the green coming from the right, going across the object, and they were exactly, you know, some, like, two seconds apart, exactly, repeating, repeating, repeating. And I thought, no, you know, that that kind of rules out any atmospheric disturbance that you might see that could cause a star or a planet to flicker, because this was that exact timing. Well, then, some of the people, uh, some more people arrived on the scene, and they pointed to the other object and said come over here and look at this, they're all excited and yelling and the the TV reporters, you know, all excited you've got to see this so I look at it through my high power binoculars and I see red, white, blue, red, white, blue spinning in, like something was spinning in a circle and making these lights appear like every second or half second but it was, you know, so I could count it, uh, it, it was just way too exact so it had to be some type of a mechanical object up there so we i mean since then i have seen that object at least 15 times myself i have had many people report it in the greater Kansas city area sometimes people report seeing objects come out of this thing go down to the ground and then go back up into it as if their smaller craft going down and, and then going up. Um, some people say that they'll watch it for hours and stay in the same place and all of a sudden it'll disappear and reappear again or shoot across the sky at a certain place and then go back to its original location. I've got uh, the television reporter, Dave Jordan, and by the way, this is on KCTV5, uh, if you want to look it up, and I think I've got it on YouTube, the interviews. I did three interviews with them. Uh, he said... He and his uh, camerawoman saw these streaks of light, these red and white streaks of light shooting across the sky, always in a horizontal pattern. The camerawoman was so scared she wouldn't go back again, and so uh, he had a, another uh, cameraman come for the next night that I was there, and then a few days later as well uh, doing these other interviews because you know she was too scared to do it i saw one of these streaks as well as a co-investigator that was with me at the time and it was so blinding i happened to be looking through my high power binoculars at the time trying to set them up looking at one of these objects and the streak went by and i had to take my eyes away and close my eyes because it just actually blinded me it was so bright so after that i hadn't even filled out this report and submitted it online yet when all, more reports started coming in from Lee Summit and Raytown and Blue Springs of these streaks of light going through the sky, red, always red and white. And nobody has been able to explain that yet. But the spinning lights in the sky have continued until about four weeks ago when they just seemingly suddenly stopped and nobody has seen one since.
1: Chris, you want to pick up on the question or what? Yeah, uh, it's uh,
2: very intriguing. Uh, it it does sound like something uh high strange. It doesn't conform to Betelgeuse setting or Arcturus rising, although some of the descriptions are similar when you get into things streaking across the sky or hanging in the same place for uh, an extended period of time and not move not appearing to move at all, then obviously that's not a star or a planet. Right. Uh so it sounds like this one object, though, was it was actually over Kansas. If you're looking north by, by northwest uh, in the Kansas City area, then that would have put it over um, maybe somewhere. You know, I'm just guessing, but somewhere west of Atchison, uh, Kansas. Um, anybody up in that area report anything? Did you get any concurrent reports from people in the area where this object appeared to be hovering?
8: Only, only one uh, that I've heard of from Kansas. Kansas has been very quiet. Um, the uh, and you know it's really hard to tell distance um, from it's where a, we were standing in Blue Springs. Night. It's like thirty-five miles from the Kansas border.
2: Right. Okay. Yeah, and is that right? On yeah. it's kind of near the Missouri, then. Right.
1: You're.
8: Yeah, we're. It's in Missouri.
1: We yeah. have Margie K. She's assistant state director for Missouri MUFON. We're discussing some incredible UFO encounters in and around Kansas City, and we'll see how far afield they went. Don't forget, if you have a comment or a question, write us, news at theparacast.com. Once again, that's news at paracast.com. With Gene and Chris, you're in The Paracast. <laughs>
14: What do you do when your propane runs out and you don't have a large amount of wood for cooking? That's when you need a Grover Rocket Stove from StockStorage.com. The Grover Rocket Stove starts easily with any combustible material like junk mail, small twigs, leaves, weeds, or dry sagebrush. Then just add a small amount of kindling wood and you'll be cooking entire meals in minutes. Grover Rocket Stoves are made right here in the USA and are built to last a lifetime using heavy-duty thick-gauge steel and are painted with high-temp paint to withstand heat. Go to StockStorage.com and see three great Grover rocket stoves, stainless steel, heavy duty, or our original Grover rocket stove for only $135 and get free shipping to the lower 48. For phone orders, call 801-361-6984 or go to StockStorage.com. That's 801-361-6984 or StockStorage.com, the original Grover rocket stove minimal wood use cooking stoves, available exclusively from StockStorage.com.
18: That's 870-784-3121. Renovation Tees. Renovate your health one bag at a time. Many
9: Americans suffer from poor digestion, which can adversely affect their health. For you
5: guys
6: who have digestive issues, glutathione is amazingly important for inflammatory bowel disease, ulcerative colitis, Crohn's disease, stomach cancer. The glands of the stomach produce lots of glutathione. So glutathione's got multiple roles to play, and one of the best ways to upregulate to make more glutathione is to take the building blocks, glycine being one of the most important of the building blocks for making glutathione. Your ultimate enzymes contain something called trimethylglycine. We know it as betaine. We talk about betaine as an important ingredient for acidification, for keeping the pH of the stomach nice and low. But betaine can
9: also help you make glutathione. Help your body build glutathione. Order Ultimate Enzymes by calling 866-735-2470. That's 866-735-2470 or on the web at brightsideben.com. That's brightsideben.com. Order today.
11: This is Hilly Rose, and I hope that you do listen to the Paracast, because you will learn a great deal
1: about the paranormal. Returning to the Paracast with Gene and Chris, talking to Margie Kay, Assistant State Director for Missouri MUFON. Margie, in looking over this wave of sightings that appears to have abated now, but you never know with UFOs, they may be back tomorrow. How far afield do they go from... The center being Kansas City, if we assume that's a center portion of this, how far from there did they go?
8: Well, um, as I said, they seem to kind of congregate around Kansas City, Missouri, uh, Raytown, Lee, Summit, and Independence, with some scattered areas north of there in Liberty and Clay County. Uh, for the most part, that is the area where the reports are coming from. The um, However, over the past couple of months, two or three months, we started getting reports from elsewhere in the state in um, Nevada, Clinton, Missouri is a big hot spot, Clinton and Warsaw around the lake area, and uh, Piedmont, Missouri, and also further near Springfield, but still in, in the country. And, boy, I went to an investigation in the, the one in Springfield with Debbie Ziegelmeyer and um, our chief investigator for the state, Joe Palermo. The three of us went out to investigate this very strange area where there had been some cattle mutilations in the last two years, and they're correlating this light in the sky, as it's been come to know, be known of now. Um, and we stayed there all evening, I uh, didn't see anything significant uh, left, and I looked in my rearview mirror as I was going down the end of this really, really long driveway out in the middle of nowhere, and I jumped out of my car, and Debbie was behind me in her car, so she stopped and jumped out, and I said, you better look at that, and there is the object again, flashing red, white, blue, red, white, blue, and just absolutely huge, way bigger than any Star or planet uh, could possibly be. So um, now she has seen it. Thank goodness. And not
2: nuts. You had you you, you got a witness. I love when that happens.
8: <laughs> oh yes. Oh yes. Well, I've got it. There's another. There's another person in Independence on 39th Street who reported the same thing, and I, I took another investigator and went out, but his case is even stranger. He started off seeing this object in the sky and noticing it. He has—he's an amateur astronomer, and he said he, he thought, "You know, that just doesn't look normal. I wonder what that thing is." He says, and so he's thinking to himself, "I think I'll flash a Fibonacci sequence at this object with my flashlight."
1: Explain so what you, that is to our listeners.
8: Well, um, anybody who's into mathematics. Knows you know the Fibonacci spiral, and the sequence is you start off with one and then you double the size of that object, and then you double the size of that one until you get until as you double the size of these squares you get this this spiral shape so anyway he 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 thought that he would do something like that to catch its attention, so he uses a million power candle uh, million candle power flashlight and then the object seemed to come closer to him. So he thought better of it and he thought maybe he shouldn't have done that. So he aimed his camera, his outdoor security alarm system has a, a night vision camera on it. He aimed that at the light and then went inside, locked up the house like usual, and went to bed. He woke up the next morning. Well, actually, afternoon at 1 p.m., which was very rare because he always wakes up early. He got up and went into the living room. When his two dogs wanted to go outside, they pushed on the door to his outside deck, and it opened. So it had been unlocked, the deadbolt unlocked, and the alarm system had been disabled. So he thought that was very strange, and he then reviewed his tape which shows an object in his backyard in front of the trees that looks like a UFO. And it's a white object. It remains there for hours. The tape is one of those that is activated by movement, and then it will videotape for a period of time and then stop, and then movement will make it activate again. So you see this starting and stopping throughout, you know, a several hour period overnight and this object remains in the same place the whole time. the odd part about it is there's another smaller object that is a, a long, like a rod, uh, you know, with curved ends that's very bright. And it starts off in the corner underneath this other object. And then at one point it just zooms up to the top right behind this object and stays there the rest of the evening. And then you don't even see these objects leave they're just gone by the time daylight hits. They just kind of, they fade out by the time daylight gets there. I've had this tape analyzed by three different people. Nobody can figure out if this, I mean, they're, they're all saying this is not fake. It's all original tape. It has not been photoshopped or anything like that, and they, but nobody can figure out what it is.
2: <laughs> That's pretty bizarre. Man, oh. you're, you're getting some uh, good quality stuff out there, it seems like. This is a bizarre city. Yeah, well, that too. Um, but you mentioned before, uh, and I, I, it kind of reminds me of a very interesting case. Uh, you mentioned the cattle mutilation phenomenon. I have heard of a number of cases um, over, as you mentioned, in the past couple of years. But one case in particular got national notoriety because it happened actually at the Kansas City Airport. Within sight of the control tower, I mean you could look down from the control tower right to where this animal was found now, yeah, as a little bit of a setup um I guess the the city or whoever administers um, the actual land around the airport leases it out certain parts of it uh, as as grazing land for cattle, uh, which would explain why the the cattle were there, but why don't you uh, give us a little bit of a a blow-by-blow blow on that particular case, because I found that incredibly compelling, and as as I mentioned, it did make national news.
8: Oh, sure. Actually, uh, it, it was when I was watching the news that I first heard about it, and I, I contacted the reporter, and I said, you know, please put me in contact with the witness so that I can discuss this with him, And and he emailed me back, and he was a little timid. He didn't want any publicity. He didn't want any problems with Uh, the owners of the property, because they lease that land for their cattle to graze on. And the reason they let the cattle do that is to keep the grass down so the deer don't go out there uh, on the runway. So they have uh, the whole area around there is uh, cattle grazing land. Well, he didn't want to lose that land, so I said, okay, you know, I, I won't ever tell anybody your name or your location. And he said, okay, come on out. And so I took an investigator with me. It was on January the sixth when this occurred and I was out there within a day or two after that. He said, You can look at the you know, where the cow is, but I've moved it. He moved it because it was only like you know, thirty feet from the road and people were gawking at it, so he moved it out of sight. But I got to go in with another investigator, like I said, and then this uh, the cattle rancher had a problem with the rest of his herd, and he had to leave, so you know he left us there to investigate. But what he told me um, before he left is that the day before, the cow had been put into this fence in area to keep it away from the rest of the herd because she was acting sick. And uh, I guess she had been there for, you know, three or four days, but the day before, he was out there with the vet, and she was doing very well, and she was standing again and walking around, and, and the vet said, you know, you can probably let her into the rest of the herd tomorrow. So he gets there about 8 o'clock in the morning to let her in with the rest of the herd, and he finds her dead, and finds uh, parts have been cut out with precision cuts, and that there's no blood anywhere and there's no signs of you know, footprints or, or any person uh, having been on the property. Well, he calls the vet, and the vet comes out, and, and he even said this online, you know, on, on the radio interview, television interviews, that uh, this was done by somebody who knew what they were doing with precision instruments, and that's all the further he would go about it. Well, um, so I wanted to see the cow first of all, but the location where she had been found was, I was kind of glad that he did move her because we were able to see that this very hard ground had been indented a couple of inches as if the cow had been dropped in that space. And you could see the outline of the cow's head and feet and the body. You know, I could tell what direction she was lying and everything,
1: i'll tell you what this is just getting so exciting what might have happened to this cow more to talk about with margie k with gene and chris you're in
2: the ParaCast.
9: are you tired of searching for great talk radio something more important search no more we are the gcn radio network
6: Are you or someone that you love struggling to reclaim your health? My name is Matthew David Hurtado, CEO of rnadrops.com. In 2008, I struggled with chronic fatigue syndrome, PTSD, and Lyme's. I thought that all hope was gone as I lost everything in the process. In 2009, a miracle happened. I discovered ion and RNA drops. Two months after taking RNA drops, the chronic fatigue and the PTSD had vanished into thin air. I'd like to invite you to discover RNA drops by visiting www.RNAFreeMini.com today. That's RNAFreeMini.com today. Listen to hours of testimonials and get a free trial bottle, pay only shipping and handling, by visiting www.rnafree mini.com or give us a call at 1-888-550-8231
14: that's 888-550-8231 hurry supplies are limited
0: welcome back to the Paracast the gold standard of paranormal radio and now here's Jane Steinberg
1: With Gene and Chris on the PowerCast, Margie K joining us, an unusual cattle related event, which we put under the broad category of mutilations. So tell us more.
8: Okay, so it gets even stranger.
1: As if this isn't strange enough already.
8: As if it isn't already, I took along some items in order to do uh, some soil sampling. So we took samples from inside the area where the cow was on the ground, had been on the ground, and then uh, some samples from 30 yards away. Packed those off. I sent them off to Chuck Zukowski in um, Colorado, who is a, one of the top animal um experts. And he, he has a lab there in Colorado uh, where he could send this stuff. So he sent my samples and his samples into the lab. And I'll tell you the results in a minute. The next this is thing almost did,
1: just as good as having a cliffhanger.
8: Yes, it is.
1: <laughs> uh,
8: so the next thing we did, it was kind of rough terrain and very cold out. So my uh, fellow investigator, who was this big burly policeman, said ah, he, he will go out to the rest of the, the area and look for this cow. Well, the rancher had pointed to the area where the cow had been taken. And so my partner went out and he could not see the cow he so we're communicating on cell phones even though we could see each other in in the distance he said it's not here there's not there's nothing here so he proceeded to walk the whole property he walked all all around back and forth back and forth could not see that cow anywhere then he came back and i sent the samples off we left I called the rancher back, and the rancher said "You were he, that my partner was standing right in front of that cow. He says, why, you know, why didn't you d- look at it? I said, well, we, he couldn't see it. There wasn't anything there. He says, yeah, it is. It's, it's, it's there. So for some reason, this trained policeman, as, as a trained investigator, could not see this cow that was right in front of him, 2,000-pound cow.
1: Now, we're talking here about the same phenomena as we had earlier, where there were UFOs that people couldn't see. Exactly. And you don't think a cow's going to be that strange.
8: No, you're not. And, you know, like I said, he's a trained investigator. If there was something there, he would have seen it. But why he couldn't see it, I have no idea. I don't, it's just, you know, up for speculation as to why. So, bottom line is, we didn't get to get any samples from it, but it had, it had actually been several days since the event occurred. So, who knows? Maybe that wouldn't have been, you know, in the best condition to be taking even uh, pictures of.
2: Mm, not necessarily that time of year again, January. Uh, yeah, you, I
8: know. You're,
2: you're I know. if you're if you if that thing's being refrigerated, it's going to last a lot longer than it would in August. <laughs> Let's put it that way.
8: Well, we had actually had a couple of warm days the first two days that it was out there. It didn't cool off to the second two days. Uh, Be that as it may, we were unable to get photographic evidence or take any of the hide. But the soil samples. The same time Chuck sent my samples in, he sent samples from another cattle mutilation that he had just done. This was in Colorado, and it happens to be on the 39th degree latitude, just like Kansas City, which is another thing that's happening, but we'll get back to that. So he gets me the results, and the results are that the soil itself has been turned into extremely non-water-soluble soil, which means that it was subjected to extremely high temperatures in both cases. And this is the first time that either one of us have heard of any investigator coming up with a conclusion like that. So we cannot wait to do the next cattle mutilation that comes along to get get that soil tested.
2: It actually has uh, th- that kind of determination has been made in the past, but uh, but continue.
8: Really well, I would like to hear about that. Okay. Uh, so we can uh, so we can compare notes. So, <laughs> I mean, there you have it. I mean, that's that's it for now on that particular case.
2: Yeah, let let me uh, just interject something here. Uh, What makes this case uh, a standout case in in my mind and and what makes it extremely important is the fact that you had the control tower of an international airport less than a quarter mile away. Uh, Correct me if I'm wrong in terms of my distance. Based on the photograph I saw, I mean, the cow's in the foreground and there's the control tower just hundreds of yards away. Yeah. No, no, we all know that somebody is in that Because There's a number of people in that control tower 24/7 at all times. And nobody to my knowledge has any idea of what could have come down and done that within a, a very secure and um highly observed area. Uh d- d- did you re- do any work with the the airport officials? Did you did you talk to the guys that have the uh the taxiing radar, the ground radar for Oh yeah determining planes or anything like that. Give us a sense of of what airport personnel, uh, what their thinking was.
8: Well, they all claimed that there was nothing unusual that evening, that nothing happened. Now, we know it had to happen overnight, so it it was in the dark. But um, they all claimed that nothing unusual was happening. However, I think I can shed some light on that, because since then we've had, uh, and there was a very, very highly publicized incident was a pilot who had a ufo approach him as he flew from st louis to kansas city and uh... that went public uh... this pilot called me on the phone to make his report and he said i can't give you my name and i can't uh, give you any other information than what i'm going to tell you he said i just had to tell someone but the thing is he said he said, as for me and the pilot and the other crew members who saw this, we will not be making any formal reports because our jobs would be in jeopardy. And that, and the thing is, I've ha- heard this before. I've had at least four other pilots tell me this over the years, that um, they are, are too afraid to make a report because other people who have done so have lost their jobs, or they've been threatened by somebody um, they'll have in one case uh, a pilot was taken into a room privately spoke with some gentlemen in some uh, black suits who did not give them any identification or tell them who their names but that insisted that whatever he saw was something else and something else explainable until he finally said he got the message and agreed that that's what it was and so retracted his statement that it was a UFO.
2: Did the guys in the black suits try to eat Jello with a knife? Uh, no. <laughs> were they no. wearing wraparound shades and uh, singing rap songs?
8: No, I don't think so.
2: Okay, just checking.
8: But, you know, were they the men in black? Uh, apparently they were, uh, because they told him he, he didn't see what he saw. And so since that is pretty typical, it does not surprise me that nobody at the airport saw anything.
1: Or if they saw something, it's not as if they're going to admit that they saw anything. Now, you bring up the specter of the men in black. In connection with these sightings, we understand, you know, in an airport tower where things might happen. Do we have people running around doing the men in black shenanigans, or is this just a singular incident?
8: No, we have them. Uh, it's several cases that are you would call big cases, which would be contact cases that I've worked on, uh, as well as other people in the state when we do that we get followed by government vehicles and they make it so obvious and so easy for us to see them and uh, and you know get so close to us and in some cases in a parking lot where two of them will park uh, next to each other and then follow us in a restaurant um, This is you obvious in a sense
1: of how they're dressed or in the kind of vehicle they drive or the license plate
8: both. Okay. All three. I okay. mean, they're they're doing it to be obvious. And, and uh, you know, I don't know if it's just some kind of a warning or what, but they're letting us know they're there.
1: You're being spooked by spooks?
8: Yeah.
1: Wow. Okay. We always wonder in our forums at com who the government disinformation agents might be. That several of our members, maybe even active ones, may have another job that we don't know about. We'll get into more of what's going on with Margie Kay, assistant state director for Missouri MUFON about the Kansas City UFO flap and more. With Jean and Chris, you're in the <laughs> Hey, neighbors, you've seen all those crazy, wacky products on TV. The perfect tortilla, easy covers, hot booties, furniture fix, petty spin, and more. Where do you find all that stuff? You go to asseenontv.com because this is the one-stop source for all of these TV goods advertised. Find all your favorites as seen on TV. Check them out asseenontv.com. And by the way, save 10%. Here's what you do. Use the code SEEN1, S-E-E-N number one, SEEN1. Go to asseenontv.com to order. Save 10% purchase this summer's hottest as seen on TV items save 10%. Or call one 866
17: The code scene one to save 10%. Jim Newcomer from Midas Resources, November 2nd, 2012. Gold opened this morning at 170810. A one-ounce gold coin can be purchased for 1750-42, 875-21 for a half ounce, or 437-61 for a quarter ounce. That's 1750-42, 875-21, and 437-61.
4: Hi, this is Ted Anderson. Have you ever wondered why bank stockbrokers, investment advisors won't talk about gold IRAs? Wait a sec. Gold and silver is going up while Congress is trying to settle on the next debt increase. And there's no end to this madness. That old 401k and IRA can be converted into physical gold without tax consequences. I explain this in my book, 10 Reasons to Buy Gold. Don't let time slip away. Call for your free copy today, 800-686-2237. Get away from that Washington spin and get honest answers about gold. 800-686-2237. The book is free, 800-686-2237.
12: What's safer and cheaper than prescription drugs?
18: Glad you asked. The answer is renovation teas. Herbal remedies are much safer and much cheaper than prescription drugs. Taste great, and most importantly, herbal teas are effective and non-addictive. Renovation tea is especially unique, and here's why. We spent years researching herbs and their beneficial properties.
0: We'd like to hear from you. If you have a comment or question about the Paracast, send it to news at theparacast.com. That's news at theparacast.com. And don't forget to visit our famous Paracast community forums at forum.theparacast.com.
1: Hey there. Gene and Chris here in the Paracast. We are exploring UFO flap in 2011-2012 in Kansas City. We had some cattle mutilation phenomena, all sorts of UFOs, mile-wide UFOs, men in black, all sorts of things, time changes and missing time. What about abductions? Anything?
8: Yes, uh, I do have a couple of cases where people believe that they were abducted or have missing time or found themselves in locations where they couldn't explain uh, where they've been or for how long. And uh, you know, they don't seem to remember exact details of, you know, what happened to them, except that it, in one case, um, a gentleman remembers vague outlines of people that he thought at first were, were doctors. Um, he, he was lying on a table. And then uh, his eyes were very unfocused. It was almost as if there were some type of uh, fluid in his eyes that was preventing him from seeing things clearly. But he could... Uh, see enough to tell that he was in a room that was all metallic and did not look like a uh, normal, you know, hospital room, at all, and that these these doctors then, as they got clearer, seemed to be very short and have very large heads. So, um, but that's about as much detail as he could get on that.
2: Well, that leads me to a question from one of our posters at forum. dot com. His name is Conrad Hartman. He's been a member of the Paracast since May of this year, and uh, since we're on the subject of abductions, which he, he wanted to discuss with you uh, in his question, he he goes on to ask, how were the experiences affected after the event, and can you speak about any psychological impact that these on these witnesses or, or participants uh, post event? And then if we have time, he says, uh, what are your views on abduction research, and what do you think uh, researchers are doing right, and what have they been doing wrong? It's kind of a, that's a big question, but uh, let's okay, first look well, at, the, uh, at, at your actual cases and how these people have been affected.
8: Well, the underlying theme, psychologically, what, what people say to me is, my life has changed forever, or I'm never going to view things the same. You know, they'll say, they'll say something very profound like that. But in one particular case, a gentleman, the one I told you about, 63rd Street, with that very, very close encounter, he's had profound, life-changing experiences. And one of the things that he suddenly was able to do the day after this event, he got in his mind that he could heal people. And his partner, his friend... Who was also a witness to this event was suffering from a migraine headache and- really really severe and we think it you know may have been caused by the event we don't know, but this friend of his who suddenly had the idea that he could heal, he says, "I can help you so he he went over to the house, just put his hand on his shoulder, and just thought about the headache going away and him feeling better, I and mean, he was real nauseous too and Within ten minutes, everything was gone, and he was—he felt perfectly fine.
1: I tell you, so, I could use this guy because I've been suffering a really severe set of back pain since we moved recently.
8: Yeah, well, um, you and a lot of other people, but it seems that he also healed this man's daughter from uh, severe asthma. She had been suffering from for years and years, and was you know going into a doctor's visit the next day and he said well let me try this so he he worked on her the next day she went back to the doctor who reported that she was cured of it and it, it was gone and he couldn't understand it and he said what did you do so uh, and then the other thing is psychologically that this man's perspective on life has totally changed his wife said his personality has changed and he's uh, you know, a complete different person. Now he's very calm, relaxed demeanor. He does not get upset at little things. And, you know, just a totally changed person.
2: Well, that that leads me to some questions that I wanted to bring up uh, related to the gentleman that claims he's had hundreds and hundreds of visitation experiences since he was 12 um, over the space of, what, 51 years or something. Um, what does he say the agenda is? Why has he been singled out to be visited? And what sort of relationships has, has he established? Can we get more of a sense of uh, these these beings that he claims to be interacting with? Uh, it seems like uh, probably one of the longest ongoing claims of uh, visitation I've ever heard of. Uh, very, very intriguing.
8: Yes. Uh, he says there are multiple different types. There are o- over 30 different types beings have visited him and that he gave me a specific number I can't remember right now but it's like 85% of whatever this total is are benevolent beings and they're here to help him and to help humanity and help the planet and they have these messages that we need to uh, quit destroying the planet to take care of it to quit fighting with each other uh, stop the warring and to have a one world government you know and they talk about some other things like uh, preparation for shift to the fifth dimension and that people need to work on meditation and increasing their vibratory rate and increase their awareness level in order to interact with these other higher beings that are interdimensional and he says that these beings come from multiple dimensions all the way from the 4th dimension up to the 15th, something like that. And he said some of them are what we would call bad, (laughs) that they uh, seem to not have much of a caring personality, that they're just more or less going through the motions, doing a job during these abductions, and uh, that the negative ones are the reptilian types and one type of the grays with the big eyes, that there are multiple different types of greys, and uh, that, you know, he doesn't trust them. But here's a strange thing. Here's a strange thing. They all like bread. They like our bread. So he started bringing, uh, after the first time that they stole bread out of his car, he started bringing bread with him, and that they seemed to treat him nicer, and treat him better now than they used
1: to. Well, I'll tell you what. He should try to give them bagels, real, honest-to-goodness, New York-style bagels, yes. which is very difficult to get in Arizona, let alone Missouri. I don't know how the bagel <laughs> You're funny, availability man. is in your part of the country. But so, hey, so speaking here, you, yeah. the one I'll thing I wanted to that. mention here is that this kind of message about the multiple vibratory levels and bad beings and good beings that's a pretty standard message of people who have some sort of psychic encounter or contact experience isn't it
8: it is it is and i think there's some there's a common thread going on here and i think people are getting the same messages in different ways i believe that say people who are, are you know meditate a lot are getting these messages, messages telepathically and this brings up a point what are these what we're calling extraterrestrials are they really extra dimensional beings Are they highly spiritually evolved beings? Have they been here all along? And we're the newcomers.
1: I've been saying that for years. Chris has been saying that for years. I've been making suggestions of that nature. We have Margie K. joining us with Gene and Chris. You're in
2: the Paracast.
9: The GCN Radio Network. Providing the world with hard-hitting talk radio. G-C-N. Great Talk Radio starts here.
10: Call now at 800-346-6829 to learn how I can help you. You know your IRS debt will not go away by itself, but you don't have to live in fear anymore. New changes to IRS policies will help more people than ever before eliminate their debts once and for all. There's no need for you to suffer another day with IRS debt. Call 800-346-6829. I can help you eliminate wage and bank levies, release tax liens, and negotiate a settlement with the IRS that will put your tax nightmare behind you forever. Call 800-34-NO-TAX or go to my website, TaxHelpOnline.com. That's TaxHelpOnline.com.
15: The
11: worst drought in 50 years continues, and the first six months of 2012 marks the hottest half year on record. 78% of the Midwest Corn Belt is in drought conditions. Not only corn, but soy, alfalfa, fruits, vegetables, and wheat are all impacted, raising prices. The cost to feed livestock is forcing farmers and ranchers out of business, blowing up your food prices. The only strategy to counter this is to freeze your food cost at today's prices by getting your own supply of foods from eFoods Direct now. As the price of raw ingredients increases, eFoods will have to raise prices too. Now is the time to get your supply. I recently increased my supply from eFoods Direct because we have all known this was coming. You know about their delicious long-term storable foods. The fact is, you can eat at any time to save money today, and because it stores for 25 years, you're Locking in today's prices and avoiding the rising food cost. Don't wait. Call 800 409 5633 or go to eFoodsDirect.com forward slash Alex. Call 800 or 5633
3: or eFoodsDirect.com forward slash Alex. You can bet your life on eFoodsDirect. Do you think your home is toxic? According to the Consumer Protection Agency, over 150 chemicals found in the average home are connected to allergies, birth defects, cancer, and psychological disorders. The proven fact is we live in the most toxic environment in history. Yes, toxins can be killers, but there is something you can do. Detoxify your body with the Ion Cleanse Detoxification System from A Major Difference. The Ion Cleanse is made in the USA, carries the best warranty in the industry, and comes with a no risk, money back guarantee. We have an A rating with the Better Business Bureau and are trusted by thousands of doctors worldwide. Visit IonCleanse.com. That's I O N Cleanse.com. Or call 877 315 8638. That's 877 315 8638. Invest in your health with the Ion Cleanse from A Major Difference. IonCleanse.com. One of the most important decisions you will ever make.
11: Hi, this is Ted Phillips, listening to the Paracast, and it's
1: as good as it gets, believe me. We're down to two segments, fascinating sessions, starting with the Kansas City UFO flap, and now encounters with unusual beings and wondering just what they're up to. Are they extraterrestrials from other dimensions? Maybe there's a hidden race of beings who coexist with us right here on Earth, And they interact with us in different ways for different reasons. But then if all this is going on, this is the thing I worry about when you have people who get contact with higher beings, if those beings are so concerned about us, which supposedly some of them are, why aren't they contacting the people in charge? I mean, if you contact a farmer in, you know, in Flatwoods, West Virginia, or in Wisconsin somewhere, that's not going to be taken seriously by
18: anybody.
8: I know I've had the same question myself and most of the time there is no answer but in Ray's case from St. Louis he said the answer is that they won't listen and then in other cases they have been told and they're ignoring it or that they are part of the the negative uh beings and that they're on the the negative side and they don't want the world to know this. Yeah,
2: why doesn't that surprise me that our some of our world leader, leaders uh, are in league with the, the reptilians? Didn't David Icke say something like that? And a couple other oh, people. Oh
8: gosh. <laughs> yeah, yeah, and you know, honestly, um, I really didn't mm, really didn't believe this. I, I You know, I wasn't in a in a mode until about three years ago to believe in the possibility that reptilians could actually be here on the planet and maybe even inhabiting some of the human beings and controlling their minds, like David Icke says. I just thought it was, you know, I thought the man was crazy. (laughs) But three years ago, I actually was talking to a man on the street, and I watched his eyes shift to the reptilian type and then back to human-like.
1: Okay, okay, I I really want to hear more details here. Okay, (laughs) we get reptilian eyes and human eyes. All right, describe it in more detail, the entire Okay, effect. you know
8: how the, the, uh, the pupil of the eye on a cat goes up and down? And that's, that's what a reptilian eye does as well. It, it's more of an uh, oblong pointed shape than the round pupil in the center, okay? I watched this eye shift, his eyes, both change to that and then change back. It was as if there was a cloaking device over his face allowing this to happen. And it took that to make me realize that that anything is possible.
2: Yeah, And that's not as outrageous sounding uh, on, you know, obviously on the surface that sounds outrageous. But I personally, in my investigative work, have had a number of reports, people claiming uh, the same thing. And a story from Dr. John Altshuler, uh, whose name you might remember. He worked back in the 80s and 90s, early to mid-90s with Linda Howe, with a hematologist uh, from Denver, Colorado. He claimed he went to a a convention down in Miami I think in the late 80s and uh there was only one room left and there were two people that wanted that room him and some other guy they agreed to share the room and uh in the morning he uh his bed was just opposite the the bathroom door and he noticed the guy was in there like putting on contacts and the guy turned and looked at him he was not real he John hadn't made any mo- motion or movement to alert the guy that he was awake, and the guy just kind of glanced over at him, and he had vertical-shaped pupils and was putting in regular con- you know, contact lenses to hide the fact.
15: Well, the and next thing we'll hear, Chris, is, is that he takes conference. off
1: the skin, Chris, takes Tell off the me? skin and becomes a reptilian like the TV series V. Well, I, I, I don't know about that, but
2: all John said was the guy had reptile eyes, and it freaked him out so bad, he, he left the room, he, he grabbed his stuff, he left and did not attend the conference.
1: Now, okay, so I gather this is being taken real seriously here. We want to wonder what kind of things we're seeing here. Or maybe, you know, maybe they're projecting something on us. Another possibility voiced about UFOs is that they are projections. We're not seeing the real phenomenon. So if we're seeing holographic images, the holodeck personified, the holodeck being, of course, this device they used over in Star Trek Next Generation, and the successor tv series what do you think about that margie that we're seeing not a real thing but some kind of presentation projection or something
8: well now you just opened the matrix
1: i have haven't
8: i you know i've been pondering this and pondering this and you get to a point where you start to wonder is anything real what are what are we seeing around us is this all some type of holographic projection uh, you know is, is there any possibility that the matrix is a real thing it just goes deeper and deeper
2: Every, everything is a projection actually um it's the the brain the brain uh generating signals that then the mind interprets and and we all we all sort of live within a within some form of consensual agreement that uh chair is a chair uh, the sky is blue we label everything um because there is a certain amount of consistency but within that consistency there's there's there is subtle uh, you know variability there's there's uh, personal bias we don't really know if each other has uh, the exact same sensory uh, interpretation we just assume that everybody sees what we do in the way that we do so in in some sense uh, margie i think you're correct that this is kind of a um, it's a construct of, of of sorts i mean we're dealing with uh objects that aren't really solid they're mostly uh they're mostly uh, negative space uh, between between atoms. You know, this gets into some pretty uh, heady philosophic territory, which uh, I don't think we need to digress too far into. But but we need to be open-minded, I think. And I think you'll agree that just because it looks like a duck and quacks like a duck doesn't mean it tastes like one. Um, it may taste like a turkey. You know, we, we do need to be open-minded. We do need to be creative, ask better questions. Um, getting back to uh, Conrad's question, what do you think we've been doing right in abduction research and what do you think is wrong?
8: Well, I think that we have been taking some baby steps up until now and that now we're starting to get a real handle on what the phenomenon is, what thing what commonalities there are among abductees because no really really serious research has been done until recently and Kathleen Marden just completed a report and it's going to be made public very shortly where they uh got reports in from oh over 100 people
1: all right uh, kathleen martin is a friend of the show we've had her on a number of times yeah and we love talking to her and she did send me the release with this information so i can say we haven't made any arrangements yet but i am in touch with her hopefully we'll get her on the show to answer so many of our listener questions
8: oh sure and, you know, that is a way to start. I, I did my own abduction survey uh, over the past 10 years, and I've got as well over 100 participants in that. And I found some, some things that were part of my survey that, that, that she did not include in hers. And one of the most bizarre things that is a common thread is this TMJ issue with the temporomandibular joint People who are abductees seem to have, a large uh, number of them seem to have issues with that, as well as fibromyalgia or or possibly MS. I mean, almost every single one, I think there's only one that didn't have something like that. And I'll tell you a really strange event that happened to me in Seattle, Washington, which is, is the reason I did this survey, and this happened in 1986. I went to a meeting of UFO researchers, and at that meeting, I I have TMJ myself, and I had a severe migraine come on because of the TMJ and the pain. And so I just asked if anybody had any aspirin and, you know, told them why. And and within a few minutes, I found out that of the eight women that were at that meeting and the four men, Every single woman had TMJ problems and migraines, and the four men had nothing or, or did, didn't have that. So what the chances were that at a UFO meeting that all eight women there have this particular problem, you know, the chances are pretty slim. I mean, it was, it was just got my attention and I decided that that was another reason I really got uh, into UFO research and wanted to do that survey. Okay. So I, ho- I hope more Wh- is done with that in the future.
1: Don't forget, neighbors, we want to hear from you. Write us news at theparacast.com, News at thepowercast.com. With Gene and Chris, we've got a lot more. You're in The Paracast.
9: America's number one source for independent talk radio for over a decade. We are. The GCN Radio Network.
1: What's better than Mountain
5: House freeze-dried food? Buckets of Mountain House freeze-dried food. Now the freeze Dry guy introduces convenient, easy-to-store Mountain House survival buckets filled with our top-selling items. Each item is sealed in a Mylar-type pouch, and each pouch is neatly packed in clear buckets so you can easily see the contents inside. These Mountain House survival buckets come with well over a 25-year shelf life and are perfect for emergency preparedness, camping, backpacking, or at-home use. Go to freeze guy.com click on freeze-dried foods, and choose our 12-month, 6-month, 3-month, 1-month, or 7-day Mountain House Survival Bucket with 32 generous servings starting at just $69.95. And all orders to the lower 48 ship free. Call 866-404-3663 or go to freeze That's 866-404-3663 or go to freezedryguy.com. 100% veteran owned. The freeze 100% veteran-owned. The Freeze-Dry Guy.
12: That's what it sounds like when a burglar kicks in the door of a dark house that looks like no one is home. Don't let your home be the next target. Make it look like someone is home watching television with fake TV. Fake TV is a small electronic device that makes the same light as a real television. So from outside, it looks like someone is home watching TV. Fake TV plugs in just like a lamp on a timer, but is far more convincing to burglars. Fake TV deters burglars, costs far less than an alarm, and is highly recommended by numerous police departments. Use it anytime you're away from home. To order your fake TV for only $34.95, go to faketv.com or call one 800 877-5-FAKE-TV Each additional fake TV is only $29.95, so get one for you and one for a loved one for safety, security, and peace of mind for both of you. Call 877- 5-F-A-K-E-TV or go to faketv.com faketv.com The Burglar Deterrent A
11: little over a year ago I began to do a lot of research into why, even if I had a pretty good sized meal, that I was still starving.
6: Hi, my name is Richard Dolan. You're listening to The
1: Paracast. With Gene and Chris, you're in The Paracast. We have Margie Kaye with a very fascinating session taking on many unexpected twists and turns. She is the Assistant State Director for Missouri MUFON, does lots more, and she's writing a book right now about the Kansas City UFO flap. Chris, you had a comment to make.
2: Yeah, I wanted, uh, Margie, to uh, for some of our listeners who are not aware of exactly what TMJ is, if you could describe uh, that that particular uh, condition for us.
8: Oh, sure. Well, uh, it's a temporomandibular joint. It's the jaw joint, and it's the strongest muscle in the entire body around that joint. And uh, it seems that uh, I even had surgery to try to correct it, uh, which uh, didn't work. But And I really don't think that the doctors know the reasons for this because they're just playing around with experiments trying to fix the problem, Uh, as well as dentists. I had uh, braces four times by dentists and and mouth guards and just on and on and on, and finally the surgery trying to stop it. Well, that didn't do it. Um, So I think what the public should know is that there's might be something else going on here with people that have TMJ issues and if they are have also had UFO encounters maybe it's related uh, we just really need to do some more research on that
2: never heard of that that particular correlation before that's that's actually uh, fascinating that's uh man you learn something every day <laughs> i i have heard about uh, fibromyalgia um i uh, as as being um i think more commonly associated um, with abductees, um, so getting back to that question, uh, where do you come down on, on hypnotic regression and and do you really buy into the to the claims uh, of some abduction researchers, uh, David Jacobs, uh, of course the late Bud Hopkins, who feel millions of people are being abducted? Uh, do, do you feel that this is an accurate statement and and where do you come down on hypnotic regression as a, uh, as a viable investigative tool?
8: Well, I think it is a viable investigative tool. I've undergone it myself, and I can say that it really helps you remember details. Whereas, you know, if you really want to know what has happened uh, with an abduction scenario or anything else, uh, it really works. Now, not everybody can be hypnotized, so, you know, it's a matter of maybe having to do that over a few sessions before a real deep hypnosis will occur. But, um, it you know, it so I personally know that it works, and I know other people who have had it done. The only thing that I want to caution people against is that they really need to have it done by a licensed therapist who will also be there in order to help you deal with issues that will come up as a result of the regression.
1: And the thing to mention, too, here is, You need someone who's not going to ask leading questions, which is why you mentioned a professional therapist. And by the way, Kathleen Martin is a professional therapist, and she does hypnosis, so that's one example. But that's the point. You want to make sure somebody knows what they're doing, and they don't do it on the telephone. We've heard some abduction researchers, unnamed, who do these things (laughs) on the phone, like the people who live in New Zealand from Philadelphia, and you can't do that. I'm sorry, folks. I don't think you can do that. You have to observe a patient's reactions. If somebody is that far off and needs help, they get help locally. Maybe you work with a local therapist if you're a researcher. But that's a really big issue. Listen, we're on our last segment here and there's so much ground to cover, I know we'll not get to all of it. But one thing that you'd mention, I think, in your emails to me about weird sounds being heard. Is this in connection with UFO flap or what?
8: Well, I'm tending to think that it is although it could be something entirely different all i know is that these weird tones that people are hearing you know there was there was a flap of these tones all over the world last year that you know even debbie zigglemeyer even got a recording of it but then there was about a year of time off and now they seem to have started again it's especially in the kansas city area or I'm, I'm just hearing this from other people and i've heard it myself my husband has heard it It is a low, like a wah 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 sound, really deep and low. Then there's a mid tone that sounds like something electronic, and then above that there's a high um, harmonic.
1: Now you're a musician; you understand this.
8: Yes. Uh,
1: Which is why I wanted to mention that.
8: Just yeah, just just know that this is a complicated tone. It is not just you know just a simple single tone that could maybe be created by something digital or you know whatever in fact uh, the other night this is just a week ago my husband sat up in bed at twelve thirty and says what's that sound and i listened and i and i heard the tone again because i'd been telling him that i've been hearing this thing he says is that the train and i said no and i went to open the window and we listened and listened and it, and it definitely was not a train um so other people are reporting the same sort of thing. They're calling it a horn sound that's not like any horn they've ever heard in their life. Um, in some cases, it's being heard over phone lines or through Skype, but then, but not uh, just uh, from outside. A lot of times people hear it outside only and not inside, but they can't determine a direction that it's coming from. And there's a lot of speculation i mean maybe it's ufo related maybe it has something to do with this harmonic convergence that people are talking about and this movement into the fifth dimension as we approach december 21st Well, i think think we all need a
1: few changes this has been a really disrupting year for a lot of people myself and certainly chris now i want to ask you though with these sounds we have recordings of it can you get us copies of the recordings we can run them on the air or post in our forums
8: I can probably get you um, a copy of one recording. um, And, yeah, I'll I'll, I'll get that and be glad to send it to you.
1: Okay, I appreciate that very much. I think we're going to want all the sound recording experts on our staff, including Chris, who's been involved in audio and video production himself for a number of years, to listen to it, to see what's going on, to see where the sound might be generated. Now, this is nothing that somebody could hoax,
8: I wouldn't think anybody could hoax it, especially with the uh, the tones that are being heard outside that can't be located.
2: Yeah, it's too widespread and too sure. pervasive. Uh, okay. It's like, like asking, uh, could somebody have been hoaxing the Taos hum um, or the Kokomo hum or, or any number of, uh, you know, fairly at times fairly consistent uh, sounds that um, a certain percentage of people can hear. Again, as Margie will probably um, uh, agree, not everybody can hear these things. It, it, you you tend to have uh, some sort of um, predilection to to be able to hear it. Um, I think when they did the survey, Los Alamos uh, was asked by uh, then uh, Congressman Bill Richardson to do a survey in the talos area, and I think they came up with twenty seven percent. I think of the people surveyed, claimed that they were able to hear the Talus hum, which leaves you know seventy three percent of the people couldn't hear it. So. This isn't something that, and it's very difficult to record as well. Um, at least the Talus hum is because it's such a low frequency, um, low you know, very deep um, and not very strong signal.
1: And the uh, other problem is not insecure. just the recording process; there is the playback process where the sound systems that most people have cannot reproduce really low frequencies.
15: Mm-hmm. Yes,
1: especially on your iPod. Oh yes, even the you know the new earpods that Apple came out with has something called EarPod which is a new kind of specially shaped earphones, okay? That's supposed to reproduce bass frequencies better, but dimes to donuts, I bet there's a lot that it won't be able to reproduce. And I say this because one time, long time ago, I had these amazing loudspeakers from a friend of mine, the audio business, Bob Carver, which he called amazing, and they'd get down and deep. The thing was six foot high, yeah.
2: the speakers. Well, yeah, you're talking uh, your headphones and, and iPods and that sort of thing, no, doesn't happen. They can they can get below really uh,
1: 100 cycles. Uh, yeah, they're and, lucky and if below they do. tenuous. Sure. Margie K, tell us where we can get more of your stuff.
8: Oh, just uh, go to my website at it's margiekay.com. It's M A R G I E K A Y.com.
1: And of course, Missouri Mufon also has a site, but we have links at the paracast.com, the Margie site and also to Missouri Mufon. This has been an exciting session, folks. I really enjoy it. So much ground to cover. And there's a lot more she's doing in that book on the Kansas City UFO flap. We'll look forward to it and get her back when that happens. You can reach us, by the way, at The Powercast on Twitter or thepowercast.com, which is our website. Chris, we can also find you at ourstrangeplanet.com. New updates coming shortly. Margie Kay, thanks for joining us on The
8: Powercast. Well, thank you, guys. It's been a pleasure.